Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Under the Helm. I'm your host, Terrence Biggs. We have an interesting show. We got one guest, but let me just get through a couple of things. I know the league is about, the APDFL is about to, actually they have kicked off their 2020 kind of season as far as making sure things are done. There's the rankings, there's things like that, but we have a lot to get into. Let me bring in my co-host Matthew Kelly and our guest tonight, he is a 2019 top 50 selection. He has won titles with the Mississippi Dynasty. I'm not going to call him a former dynasty because from what people have said, that's like a family, so you can't be a former part of a family. So Mississippi Mississippi Dynasty alum Corey Tucker is with us. Corey, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? All right, man. And we're also with Matt. Matt, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Go Mount Core. <laughs> yeah, finally they coming pretty soon. Now, yes, now, we, <laughs> now, you two watch and you see a lot of people who like to talk about what they're going to do in the league. Corey, as a player who has won at this level, when you see somebody who hasn't, when you see a team, a new team that hasn't won yet or played a single game in the league yet, what goes through your mind? It's very comical at, at best because most of the time they're cl- they're already claiming something. Oh, it's easy, it's easy, it's easy. But then get in and lay a big goose egg. They've already claimed that they're the best. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. This league is this, this league is that. Like, you don't even know the competition that you're facing. You're just going off a of hearsay. And it's, it's very comical to think that you can just jump up into a different division or a different conference and think you can just debo your way through it, kind of like jump from the Sun Belt, oh, now we're going to the SEC and we're going to run things. Kind of like Texas A&M and Missouri tried it. It's like, know your place. Pay your dues first. Now, Matt, you've seen it a lot because you have played in this league a while. You also played in different leagues, but you know that there are teams that walk in running their mouths. What's the one thing that they don't really understand about when they step into this league? That this 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 league will humble you real quick, very very quick. And um, you know, people come over and they go, "Oh yeah, I dominated my league. Oh, I did this. Or we beat this team and that team." Like Corey said, and he's just like, mm, "Okay." You know, this league will humble you real quick because you don't know what your schedule looks like. And then, you know, I'm looking at some people's schedule, and they're like, oh, we should be all right. We're going to do this. Yeah, but you, you look up and you got the Dynasty week one, Crescent City week two, Blackhawks week three, EAP week four, Selma week five, uh, Gulf Coast week six, Tuskegee week seven. You, uh, you might be looking at zero and seven starting out. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you you look up that quick, and you don't you don't know, and you know you you don't. These teams every year get better and better. I know it's it's some teams that they feel like they uh they get overlooked. One one team in particular, I know the uh, Georgia Knows feel like they get overlooked sometimes. But I tell people all the time, Georgia Knows are gonna dog fight you. They don't they don't quit. Uh, you might beat them or something like that, but you better be prepared to play four quarters. And uh, then, you know, you get somebody like 
Like Corey and them out there with Mississippi Dynasty. You go out there and your running back fumble the ball, you can you can hang it up because they're gonna make you pay for that. And then you you harping on you fumble the ball, they're gonna force another mistake. Then another mistake. Then another mistake. And when you look up, they done scored forty, fifty points on you. And it's the third quarter and you trying to figure out, wait, 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 we just fumbled the ball. So you know, some guys used to they go play in the league, and you know they they can make a mistake, and oh we'll get that right back. No, you can make a mistake here, and we saw it last year in the Commissioner Classic. The Georgia Kings made one mistake against Crescent City, and then that season was over. But they were also a top five team as soon as they came in, right? They were what number four, when, uh, according to the rankings when they started last year. Yes. And then you looked up, and and they they went. Crescent City Kings. Then I think they went to Chilton County and lost, right? Then, and, and you know, uh, Chilton was a young team last year. They were a bunch of guys between 18 and 21. And, you know, the the Georgia Kings was supposed to be an experienced team, team that ran their previous league. And here you go. Now you get, you get beat down. And, you know, all those teams I mentioned, and then you still got the Georgia Cobras sitting out there waiting on you. <laughs> You still, you still got Louisiana's life, still sitting somewhere waiting on you. And you, you look up, you like, oh my god. <laughs> you remember, and, and the problem is, a lot of us keep them screenshots, and we replay what you wrote. <laughs> we, we remind you what you wrote a long time ago. You, you, you know, hey, I, I did this. Mm, okay, you, you gonna do what when you played us? And then is. No, see, y'all took it. No, no, no. We took it just how you wrote it. You said you were going to yeah. do this to us, and here it go. So that's the biggest thing people don't understand about this league. It will it will humble you real, real quick. And it will humble you so fast that you don't know where it hits you. I mean, for me, I, I can tell you when I saw the Kings, the Georgia Kings play the Crescent City Kings, one play stands out. Uh, Georgia had the ball. They ran between the tackles. Their running back got smashed. Fumbles the oh, ball. Yeah, Somebody Sean. from the Kings. Sean smashes Sean. this guy. Yep. Somebody picks it up, yep. houses it. You pan to the sideline. You see anger and finger pointing. And I knew from that point on, this season was just about over. Like, that's the first game of the season. You have people, like, about to fight each other. I'm like, oh, no, no. Yep. Now... Corey, to you, when you see like the hype and teams put so much effort into either posting their videos or coming up with these flyers, can you tell how good of a team is by the the quality of their tape? Uh, I really can't say that you can tell how good of a team is by the quality of their tape or just by the hype around them. It does give you a something, I guess, an expectation. Like if you get trash tape, you're gonna be like, oh, one or two things. Either they're trying to, I guess, snake you and give you something that's not really a good look, or they just don't have the means. Because I, I've played well, well, even coaching, I've got some really, really good tape from some really, really trash teams. It's more so, and I got some bad film just from a rival school, just because they want to. I guess get get an edge on you. So I wouldn't take too much as into the film quality, but what you put on film. 
like your alignments and just like you said, the sideline, how just watching the game, you can see the sideline. That's the first thing I'm looking at, how your sideline reacts to a good play and a negative play. Now, Matt, when you see that team's coming with all this flash and you see some of their video is grainy as all anything, why do you think they post some of it? I'm I'm with I'm with I'm with Corey on it. When I do it. sometimes I think they be thinking they get an edge on this stuff. But you you get some teams and some of them sometimes I'm gonna say they they make do with what they can. But I you know, I see some stuff and be like, Hey man, take that down. Don't 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 put that up. And uh or you my my favorite part, I'm gonna go opposite of the grainy part. My favorite part is when they put up a film and they be like, yeah, this is what we do. But then you realize it's against the same team and it's like pretty much that, that game field. They just cut it up and added music like it's a highlight tape. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute, man. No. They, sorry, you, right. they, you know, but, you know, they'll put up that stuff and they'll be like, yeah, I'm, I, I've done all that. And you're like, what? Man, that's the same team for 30 minutes. You just keep replaying the same play. Well, tennis, I don't know. I, I, I hate it when they put it up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, yeah. <laughs> now, for me, I sit there and I'll sit there and watch it because having to write, for, write about the NFL, I kind of get into the tape-watching mode where I kind of have to break down film anyway. I just sit there and I look for little things, and I just, there are people who are coming into the league who shouldn't post anything. They should just post pictures of themselves doing something else in football. Because what I see is a lot of, like, overmatch. Like, they will post something versus an overmatched opponent. They will post them blowing somebody up but not missing a tackle. They will post someone being moth in the end zone but running a raggedy route that leads to a pick. They won't post those. They'll post their highlights. Anybody can look good in a highlight. If you put me in my highlight versus, uh, I don't know, uh, Damon Lillard, you know, on the court playing a one-on-one, I can actually cut that up to make it look like I actually scored, which everyone knows that that ain't going to really happen in life. It's all about the person's perspective. They're trying to post their best face, but both of you know, we all know, that once you're in there, it changes. Now, Corey, when, when you see, because the other day you saw someone post clips of them as a receiver, and you had interesting oh, uh, man. takes. Explain <laughs> man. First, okay, what's funny about that, that particular clip was it was against I was at that game and I saw I actually got to see what he was doing like front row seat and it wasn't just that spectacular the way he was talking and it and it was getting out of hand so I was just like calm down and the catch he made wasn't just like ooh I've coached high schoolers that that's done way spectacular grabs and then he just posted like yeah I'm just Killing you, you need to go to defense and help your defense out. And this, I'm like, uh, 
You talking about no fly zone over there? Like, okay. Like, and then he's like, I would have had this. I would have had that. He was living off a pipe dream. Like, there's so many people in the hood right now that's going to tell you, I would have did this. I could have did this. You still playing. You still saying the same thing. Y'all sharing stories. This bit straight facts. So that's when I had to just go like, dude, if you say you that good, if you say your team that good, why y'all keep losing? And I was going back and forth with myself on just posting a, a comment, just like, if you ever got into a fight with somebody and you win the fight, why do the losers still say you suck? Like, you just lost. Like, pick yourself up, go in the house, try again tomorrow. And he was just killing me because he swear he's so good. I don't even know who the kid is, honestly. And he was just like, I didn't play the whole season. He wasn't even impact on the game. Their quarterback was able to scramble and get out the pocket and extend plays and get up the field. I think that was our first game of the year, matter of fact. The quarterback was more so the impact player of the game instead of him. So it was just funny. Like, I've been in the league two years, and I haven't lost to the Blackhawks. I've ever played some twice in one year. Like, dude, beat my new newcoming team. They going to be come up. And a lot of times it's people that you, like – that I like being so far away, a thousand miles away. I don't know these. Like when you see a lot of this new film, it's always these new dudes or these dudes who are like the fifth receiver on a team who had like that one game where he played like let's see who would be an example, the Alabama Tigers, where he balled out and had like 110 yards on like four catches, but then you don't see him play for the rest of the season. But he has that film of those four catches when he was abusing folks. Matt, do you think that that type of self-promotion is good for the player or bad? Uh, it can it can be both, man. It's good because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will believe in yourself. But at the same time, you have to be honest with yourself. When you know you've done some some garbage things and your route garbage, or you didn't, uh, or it was just some uh, some fluke thing, let, let's not over overstate yourself and be like, "Hey, I did this, so I'm the you know I threw a bomb and I completed it in triple coverage. I'm the number one quarterback in the league. No, I'm not. I got lucky on that one." Uh, or you know, I got I got hit. I broke off a couple of tackles. Spent somebody went for a big hit, and I and, and I broke for twenty five yards. It made me the best running back. No, it doesn't. It, you just made a, a a good play that time. And I think that's 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 when it does harm when when you try to overcompensate for something you do, or or when you when you lie and know that. In in that group, in our group, there's members of every team in there. Don't lie mm-hmm. because everybody gonna call you out. <laughs> like we all were there, you know what I'm saying? We we saw it, and I, that's the one thing I don't understand. Now I I get it when it's self promotion, and you can hype yourself up and say, "Hey man, I did good right here." Da 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 da. But my my uh. My my uh, teammates would tell you all the time. I, I go like, oh, I can tell you. They were like, oh yeah, good tackle, good tackle. And then I can say, nah, man, did y'all see when I missed such and such before? 
you know, I remind them, like, why you always talk about that for? I said, because that means I can always get better and can't get complacent. And that, that's that's what uh that's what a, a lot of guys miss in this in this league. So um, you're supposed to always try to get better. You know, if you if you ran for 100 yards this week, you should be wanting to run for 120 next week. But you know, no. uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's my take on that. That's my take. That's my take. Now, Coach, you as playing this league two years, you've had to probably play against top-tier cornerbacks, and you probably played against average cornerbacks. In your opinion, who is the most overrated cornerback that has guarded you, or has covered you, I should say? Who is the most overrated? That has covered you, and that you just torched. Uh, <laughs> it'll be funny. Uh, that's tough, actually. Uh, I honestly, I honestly can't say as far as like who is is overrated because I missed the lightning game because I wanted to play. Uh, I think we had me and my wife had something to go and do, and I ended up missing the lightning game, and I really wanted to play against uh, Weatherby because honestly, I just believe he's overhyped. But because he's he's young and he has a high upside and he's motivated, but I just believe he's a little overhyped because he was doing all this talking and we still threw the ball on him and I wasn't there and I'm like okay if they was able to have success on you and I'm not there I know I would have success so but I didn't ever go against Wilder so if anybody I had to say my uh. My dynasty brother Amos, because he swore he locked down, and he can't hang with me. It's just that's fun to make him go back and forth every day. But but that's in practice though. Like like as far as when y'all play the lightning, it was like I know you mentioned the name of Joseph Weathersby. I he has the the physical tools, but like you said, he's young. All the physical tools, just what you look for in an up and coming corner, and he and. Amos have had a back and forth. I would pick Amos 10 times out of 10 because Amos will, yeah. one, roll up and support the run, and he will smack somebody in the mouth. He has no problem with being physical. Amos does not care about somebody's needs. He will play physical from the snap to the whistle. With And his yeah. technique is crisp. With... Joe Joe has the skills to be in that class. He's big, he's fast. The technique needs to sharpen. That's the issue. He needs to tighten up that technique. And he's with the Kings, I think. We don't know yet. We gotta wait the week three to find out. <laughs> we just don't wow. Know wow. Don't know but as of now he's with the Kings and I think that they they have good coaches and coach watching all those guys and they have a veteran they have a veteran crew, but mm-hmm. for him to be to take the next step he needs that technical aspect of it where you just can't see ball smack ball out of hand because that there are times I'm gonna say this because I've told him this I've said it in the room I've said it in group I said wherever he will get peaky in the backfield and his eyes shouldn't be where sometimes his eyes are places the way they shouldn't be. 
any quarterback with an ounce of sense can pick this up. They can see him see. They can see him look. They can look him off. They can make eye contact. Hey, look, I see what you're doing. Once he gets that down, it'll be... I think it'll be much improved for him. Now, Matt, you're a veteran, and you guys have, I guess, a rivalry game in the first game of the season. Somebody said that y'all had a rival that hasn't played a game in, in the league so far in the Columbus Storm. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 got, we, got a, we got a rivalry already set, man. Make it make sense to me. Like, how do you have a rival that hasn't played in the league yet? All right. So, all right. So, uh, how, how, how do I make this make sense? <laughs> well, a lot of us are in, in the same area. That's, that's, the, that's the first part. There's a lot of crossover between former players, uh, a lot of, Folks who went to went to school together, stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't know if y'all seen the post where uh, where Duke made the other day, where they were talking about, you know, where he said something about somebody calling folks trash in the league, which I'm okay with people calling people trash because it just it is what it is. Uh, and the guys that were coming under it were from the storm, and a few of them have played with Duke and against Duke. Uh, outside of this, so is that part? Then a lot of them work. A lot of us work together. A lot of them see each other all the time. So is is going and it's, it's become, uh, oh yeah, you you suck because you play over there with EAD or you suck because you play. I, I personally I hadn't seen too many of our players say something. Not saying that they hadn't said said anything because I know <laughs> who we have on our team, but. You know, it, it, they just keep. We kind of just like, yo, y'all new to the league. You know, we we kind of tell them like, hey man, this league is tough now. You got to be there, but no, they you know they keep pushing, pushing. We can't wait till we play y'all. We gonna beat the the crap out of y'all, and y'all ain't gonna do this and that and the third. And we, and we just said that like, okay, <laughs> you know, uh, one of one of my uh, one of one of our younger guys told me that it was like, man, you didn't say nothing. You just Love the status. I said, yeah. I said, what, what I'm supposed to say? <laughs> I said, February 22nd will be here before you know it. And it, it was like, yeah, but you just you just love you just love the status. I said, I love everything they put up, man. I said, I I said um, I said one thing. I know they got a lot of people over there that's creatures of habit, and I've seen a lot of them play for a long time from middle school up, and I know what type of offense you're gonna run for the most part. And, you know, once this is heard, I know what I'm going to get on there and say, no, you don't know what we're going to do. You're going to try to RPO us all the way out. I'm going to put it out there. You're going to try to RPO us all the way out. You're going to try to run Tater down down our throat. Okay. When that doesn't work, Charles is going to pull it, and he wants to throw the slant. The slant's not going to be there. But then he's going to try to throw the post. It's not going to be there. He's going to try to run mesh. They're going to run it wrong. Then he's going to try to throw a go route. <laughs> There's your offense, okay? <laughs> wow. There you go. Wow. Damn. Um. What, so, so what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you want me to do? I'm not gonna get in the back and forth with you. I, I, I know what you have. You, your, your end is gonna be Elzy. Elzy can tackle. I know Elzy since high school. 
he can tackle. Ilzy can't cover. He can't read. What are you going to do when we put you in the spread? You're going to throw it to Marquis D. Okay. You're going to, then you're going to try to run Artemis now down our throat, or he's going to play middle linebacker for you, and he's going to try to go for the big kid. Okay. What are you going to do? And, you know, right now he's probably like, man, he don't know what he's talking about. Known you for six years, bro. Everywhere you go, you run the same outfit. Hmm. Now, <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, now, um, Corey, to, to you, when you look at a new team, it doesn't have to start. It could be the fan of whoever else. When you line up against somebody new, what is your first key that when you're lined up, like you can tell that either you have them or they're going to be a challenge? Is there a tell that they have, a giveaway? How they are in the run game. I'm very physical, so if we're running the ball, and you're just like, man, come on, bro, chill out. I know I got you off top because you, you already don't want to be physical. And by me being a physical guy, that means the very first catch I get, I'm not trying to shake you. Nothing. I'm just going to run right at you. And then you can pretty much tell, like, a lot of pe- a lot of skills in this league don't like to, too much hit. I like contact. So that's how that's one of the tails right away, and then on top, the eyes automatically in the backfield. Like, like Matt was just saying, some people are creatures of habit. When you get in this league and you go against people that are actually skilled and pay attention to the little stuff you do, the eyes, a lot of corners' eyes are in the backfield always. I don't know how and why, but a lot of them are in the backfield and their alignments are off. So. Based off those two, two things, really alignment and just how they are in the run game, you can tell if I, if I got you or not. But 9 out of 10, you're going to be passive. You just don't want to play jump ball all day. So it's a pretty easy win for me. Ain't too many people that can out-jump me. And you running from it. Like Matt said, some stuff you just can't. <laughs> I know you, so what else are you going to do? And this is like first quarter, so it's going to be a long night. Now, man, I'm going to ask you one more question about the, the storm because next week we'll have a – there's a storm player who, like, ran his mouth and was asking me who I am and all this stuff, but he gets the invite to come on next week and talk his trash to Aunt Haynes. Aunt's going to sit there and speak for the EAP. So – Earlier this week, the storm, because they feel as though they have media, which is like three lines, and shout out to our guy, uh, uh, Gene, from the uh, Gators, who actually brought us our attention, where they apparently think that they're going to, you know, beat you by, what, 21? Oh, no, they say 35. Sorry, 35. Like, 35, 35. The fact that you have lay their entire offense out in front of them and knowing that they probably won't change it or try to alter it too much. Do you think the fact that you are familiar with them helps you more or does it kind of give them the advantage of saying, well, they think they know us and could change things or is that entire team just guys who are going to do the exact same thing no matter what the circumstances they are going to just do what they do? 
Um, I believe they're gonna do what they do. They might throw a wrinkle in here and there, and um, stuff like that. But this is this is my thing. The 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 funniest part of it to me was the thirty five points, and I had to really think about this. I I went back. the The first year EAP was established was in two thousand and fourteen. The most points we ever gave up was thirty two. Do you know who scored thirty two? The Georgia Cobras last in the playoffs. That was the first in our time existence. That was the first time we put up that we got thirty two put on us. I mean thirty plus. And uh really we we got the fussing with each other, we kinda shut down and it was fourteen to twelve with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter before that that happened. So I, I <laughs> Whatever he drinking or uh, taking or using, he need to stop that. Addiction is a bad thing. You mm. thirty five, you're not going. You're not going to put on it. You know, you good luck if you get it. Hey, more power to you. I, I'll swallow my words, but my pride won't let me let you have thirty five. And. Um, that is, it's one of those those things where you're gonna have to you're gonna have to really do some major adjustments just to show us something we hadn't seen. Um, now, do I think they have some athletes? Yeah, they got some athletes. They 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 do have that. I respect that. You always got to respect your opponent. But as as a man, I'm just don't see us coming out letting you just just putting uh, 35 on us. And you know, as as a leader of that team, I, I just refuse to give up thirty five. But you know, I I get it. You you hype stuff up. You give them, you you give all the what he said it was clickbait the other day. <laughs> you 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 do all your stuff, but I I don't I don't I don't see nothing spectacular coming out of out of that. It's just gonna be like oh. You shot me with that play. I just, I just don't see it. So, now, he, you know, whatever yeah, you want to do, he, yeah, thirty-five. That's a, that's a good one. I, I, I want to see what the, what the spread is. <laughs> I know that uh, Bruce Jones and I are gonna probably the week before these games, kind of for in a, for entertainment purposes only. We had to say that because when you know. Not to trying to catch any uh, gambling, uh, you know, uh, cases, but we're gonna lay out the spread of each game, and I don't see 35 in that one. I just don't really see. I can't see it. I can't think of a team that hasn't played a down this league walking in and beating a playoff team from last year by 35 points. Now, Corey, when you when you look at the Teams around the league that you have played. You you mentioned the Blackhawks specifically. I'm I'm gonna get to them in a second. I want to talk about the dynasty. You're you know you moved to Texas. You you know. Do you think that they will be able to work around your absence, or do you think that they will have to alter what they do? Uh, I think they'll be they'll be just fine. Without me, honestly, like you said, we're a team that's always about the next man up. 
that's pretty much how we practice and how we pretty much set it up. Well, they have it set up, and it's a new offense this year. And we got some big people, uh, big name people coming in out of Mississippi, added to the team. And just some great skilled people all around. It's, it's going to be a new look dynasty, but the same results, nevertheless. Uh, I wish we could have worked it out somewhere where I could <laughs> make them four games and see what the playoffs do. <laughs> so, but uh, they'll be just fine. Uh, yeah, you can never, at the end of the day, you can never go wrong when you got that boy Steve back there. That's highlight reel. So, they're in good hands. They're in great they hands. Can. What is he, now, three, have- three-time league MVP? Yeah. yeah. Now we had mentioned the you know you had mentioned the Blackhawks and they've added a lot of talent. They've added Patrick Campbell. They've added Kyle Caldwell. They've added a bunch of players. Do you think that will make them a threat, or do you think that they have a fundamental flaw that will hurt them? Uh, Cal will make anybody a threat, but as far as them, if they can. Play together and stay together and, and stop getting beside themselves and, and causing, like, if they can fix them internally, they'll be a great team. I'm going to say that. Because a lot of times you'll see them start to argue with each other, get mad at the calls, and it'll linger on. And, like Matt said, before you look up, the score is out of hand or something like that. So they fix that little smaller internal stuff. That'd be great. That'd be a great team, actually. They just be having a hard schedule. <laughs> Do you think that there's so much like all right, Matt? I'll, I'll I'll bring the question to you. When you see these teams that add significant talent upgrades in various spots, do you think that something has too much talent? Where you have too many stars on one team? No, I, I don't think you you can have too much talent. I think you have too much ego. That that that's the number one killer about uh, about a lot of teams that bring in a lot of stuff, and it don't matter who you are, it's 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 the ego that kills it. And um, when you had told me Corey was gonna be on here tonight, I'm, I'm gonna tell you the crazy thing was um, I was speaking on this about practice, and I used the dynasty as an example. I said they have they have the talent absolutely, but they don't have the ego. If that made sense. And it's one of those things where they know how to, okay, they know, they are, we are good. We know how to put everything aside and be a team and say, hey, we're we going to all, we're going to work together for the same goal. We don't care about uh, who gets 10 tackles, who gets five touchdowns, all that stuff. The the biggest thing about making for people to work together, and when you have a lot of talent, is when they say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna put all our we're gonna put all our uh, egos aside, and we're gonna we're gonna win like that." And when you can when you have superior talent and you have a lot of talent and you can put your ego aside, then the sky's the limit. And and what do you get? You get a three feet as a champion because even when you're down, it's hard for people to the you're, even when you're down, you're never out when you have superior talent and no egos. And um, I preach that to the high school I coach at all the time. Um, 
even with like right now I'm coaching basketball. I got I tell them all the time my five best players can't play together. It's too much ego. But if I separate them, I got a freshman of all people that can hold them together. And if I put him in on the lineup, he's gonna do everything I ask between spacing the floor and passing the ball and making sure the ball um, works through the offense. If I put my best five out there, there's a period. A lot of times there's a period in any other team we play, but they can't play together because if one of them gets hot, the rest, the other four freeze him out. So it, it's one of those things. If you if you got superior talent and you can put your ego aside, you're gonna you're gonna win all the time. But if you can't put your ego aside, you're gonna lose, no matter how much talent you got. Now, Corey, when you look at the championship game, you know, you play the Cobras, and they surprise a lot of teams by being able to stay close and actually serve as a threat to, threat to like, the dynasty. Do you think they can return to the championship game, or do you think that with the improved Blackhawks and probably a surprise team here and there, do you think that they were, they're going to be a one-and-done no, I don't think they'll be a one and done. They actually like earned my respect during that game. Honestly, they are a great team, a real great team. With they're just they're stacked. Like what the turning point of that championship game was, their star quarter got ejected from the game, and they had like two personal. Uh, they had two fifteen yard penalties back to back, just off of. Like he said, the ego when you couldn't just calm down. It was basically sportsmanship that pretty much cost them that, that turned the momentum, and then we end up just capitalizing on it and then just winning the game. So I do see them being able to get back because they have, like, two great receivers and that running back and the quarterback can actually get them the ball in space. They're solid defensively as well. So I do see them being, having the potential to be a threat this coming year and the year following if they just continue to improve. I agree with that. Now, Matt, you look at the the Kings and the Gators are the two teams that are benefited from the uh, Mobile Generals, the South Alabama Dolphins, same team, they split apart. Part of the team went to New Orleans, part of the team went to Pensacola. Of those two teams, which of them will go further in the season, the Kings or the Gators, and why? Ooh, that's that's a tough one right there. Um, again, I'm a, I'm gonna say it. It's whoever gets whoever has the better team chemistry. Both have outstanding programs. Uh, of course, you know Phil runs a real good ship, and Sherm, of course, Hall of Fame coach. Uh, Runs he runs a, a very good ship and he he also has his players ready at all times. So it's gonna be hard to say, oh, this one uh, this one this one's gonna run it better than the other one and stuff. Uh, I think it's gonna come down to to simple execution and little again just team chemistry. And being able to put egos aside and everybody realize it doesn't matter what you did last year, it's about what you're working for this year. So um, 
I can't really pick who's gonna who's gonna get one. Uh, both of uh, <laughs> one 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 or two players away from from um, being in the championship uh, being a championship threat. So it, it's one of those things uh, you have to see over time and see who uh, see how they mess. So come back and ask me in week seven. <laughs> there you go. Now, Corey, which other teams do you think in the same conference as Dynasty possess the the biggest threat to them? The Kings or the Gators? Because I'm, I'm agree with Matt on it. Honestly, we really just don't have to see. Well, I'm really gonna have to see how the teams play together because the Kings are a real formidable. Like I actually think the Gators I, preseason. I want to say Gators because I, something in me just saying Gators quarterback, and then they do have a great defense. So it's kind of hard for me to root against that part. And just looking at the Kings and the Gators matchup, I will also take the Gators and the Kings in a matchup. So it's hard to just call it, though, because, again, I I really got to see how they're going to play with each other with the new additions and stuff like that. So it's it's hard to call, but if anybody right now preseason, if I can say, that are threatening the dynasty, from that same side, I say the Gators. Now, Matt, when you look at, I know we talk a lot about overrated players, but there's one I want to talk about who's, I, I think he's funny. He's underrated because he doesn't really say much. He just kind of plays well and puts up numbers for the last couple of seasons. John Moffat, the receiver from, I guess he's on the Kings now. He was on the Dolphins and the Generals before him. I'm sure you've seen him play. What makes him so good, Matt? Hey, my bad, guys. Phone went out. <laughs> oh, no problem. Uh, with, I know we talked about overrated players before. I want to talk about an underrated player. Like It's funny because he's had several good seasons in a row, but he doesn't say much and kind of lets his play do the talking. But can you... Describe what makes John Moffitt one of like the top probably two or three receivers in this league. John runs really good routes. Like you said, he doesn't talk much, so he flies under the radar uh, with a lot of things. He runs really good routes, has solid hands. He knows how to position his well, uh, himself really well against DBs, especially smaller DBs, and he knows how to get open. Um you know, uh, we know each other a couple of years, and has has have we always said is how uh, you know we used to look at the dynasty receivers and be like, man, they always find a way to get open. They're always open. It's like they're never not open. <laughs> yeah, John Mock is the same way. It's like you you sit down there, da 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 da, can't see who's open, who's open, and then you're like, oh, shoot, somebody's open. And you're like, dang, okay, somebody's open. 
and every time you look at like who's open? Oh, it's John Mocky. <laughs> and and he and he does that and he makes you pay for him being open all the time. He I can't think of a time he hadn't made anybody not pay for when he when he uh when he wasn't open. And that that's one of the things and and something that goes unappreciated from wide receivers. Which I've seen in great um, using the dynasty. I uh, I have to give credit to to our receivers as well because uh, I've seen it on film. Several uh, uh, other receivers in the league blocking. He blocks really well, and that is a big thing for me, especially as a former receiver. Uh, when you run block and you help spring your man open, I love it. And um, he does that really well too. You can see it on film. They'll run a sweep or you know a power that his way or something like that. And there he is out there filling off that corner. And then you look up and you're like, oh crap, that hurts. That's tough, especially when somebody when he when he can block like that. Now, Corey, as a receiver, what is the most difficult? Uh, individual route to learn? Oh, wide side of the field comeback. When the ball is on the opposite hash and you got that comeback on the far side, that's probably the most difficult route because you know the throw is going to be long, so in your head you're thinking of what is the best angle out of your break to take so it don't get undercut. And you're not just lollygagging on the backside because when a quarterback do throw that route, if they're going through that progression, that's probably like the third throw. So you got to come out your break, haul in. You got to be full speed out of your break because you sit on it, it's six to the other way. So that's probably the hardest route just off of field alignment. Now, Matt, as a <clears throat> proud Auburn alum, we're going to switch uh, switch topics, but as a proud um, Auburn alum, um, Minnesota, uh, I'm not Oh, man. I knew you were going to ask this. I knew you. <laughs> and I'm an Auburn fan, so I feel your pain too, Matt. <laughs> like, man, what you got, here? What you got? <laughs> Now, here's my thought. You have an excellent Big Big Ten team, like one of the up-and-coming, like Fleck is a good coach. They have talent in Tyler Johnson, who just lost his mind in that game. They have uh, Carter Coughlin, who's like an edge rusher, who will be good at the next level as far as a rotation guy. You hung a bunch of numbers on Alabama. Alabama. How did you let Minnesota do y'all that way? I can tell you how you let Minnesota do you that way. Minnesota showed you what Gus' offense is supposed to look like. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it was. And you got to give them a great game plan um, because they knew what our front four could do, and they did not let them dictate the game. It was a lot of, a lot of trap blocking, a lot of counter. Um, 
a lot of cut blocking, beating the man to a point of contact. And um, one thing I liked about them that they used in their, their, their blocking scheme was instead of climbing and trying to uh, get to the person or get to the, to the linebacker and stuff, they um, – they 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 went to where they tried to beat our defensive line to where they wanted to go and force the linebackers to play. And when you, when you do that, it was just frustrating. I hadn't seen Mar, Marlon and uh, Derek and them just beat like that. And, I mean, they would make a play, and then they would beat again. They would make a play, then they would beat for the next two series. And that's – I mean, that was just – Great coaching, great kudos to PJ Flick. I think he's a a, a great up and coming coach, and he, that's just one of the things that happened. So it, it ain't nothing you can say. <laughs> but we gonna get so North Carolina though. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> Carolina won their bowl game. Yeah, we, I, we'll get y'all in Atlanta uh, September. September, uh, September what? Yeah, twelve. September twelve. You're about to get your issue. It's a, it's about to be a whole lot of Carolina and very little Auburn. Mac Brown is not here for play play. <laughs> Corey, as an as an Auburn fan, how much longer do you give Gus? Uh, that, that's hard. That's it's really hard. I love Gus' offense. I truly do. It's just, I don't know what it is. I think we're just like one big receiver signee away every year. Oh, like, he, ah, it's, it's frustrating he, to be an Auburn fan man. in a family full of Alabama fans. It, 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 it sucks. And it's like, I don't know what it is. Gus has great schemes from time to time. He, like, I don't know. I give Gus a, honestly about another two years, honestly. Yeah, hey, I was going to say he 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 bought himself two years with not getting led them in the playoffs. Yeah, he, he bought that, himself two years. I, that that was probably the highlight because they played him on my birthday this year, so that was probably the highlight of one of the highlights of the weekend. It was just like I just don't get it. We had one of the toughest schedules this year, by far, and it was yep. like. Taylor made Yeah, like it was pretty much set like you're not gonna make I don't get it. Like I, I that that hurts my heart. I'm confused. I don't have words for that. It was like the hardest schedule. You get through the meat of it and then you drop it you drop the ball in the bowl game. 'Cause I'll be talking about the Big Ten anyway. And it was just like, oh man! But they had said it during the game, though, what it really was, though. Um, Auburn, a lot of Auburn players be looking at these bowl games as vacation trips or reward trips. So a lot of them didn't didn't take it serious. They're like they changed their mindset this year, and they were gonna take it serious. But you can still see how it's gonna take longer than a year to change your mindset about a bowl game. Yeah. You can't you can't change it the week of it got to be changed prior to that. And, no. Right, and, mm-hmm. and and that's 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 a that's one of the big big issues uh, with this. But Corey did say something, which uh, a lot of us that played there we've been yelling. You gotta okay, so we got Seth Williams. 
a lot of people don't know Seth Williams, and this is for you, Corey. Seth Williams part of a package deal with George Pickens. That's his best friend. <laughs> well, when George saw Seth getting hurt, Seth was also angry during spring he was going to transfer. Uh, George was like, ah, shoot, my friend ain't happy. Why I'm going to go there? We, you know, we supposed to be going together. We, we had all these big receiver recruits that did not stay. And the four and five star receivers we got over the years have not panned out. Uh, Nate Craig Myers, uh, Sammy Coates, Sammy Coates, uh, Sammy. Duke was about Sammy, the best one guys. we'd had though. Yeah, most Seth, recently, Seth Williams, Duke was about the best. Yeah. Dude, all all those all those guys, and it's like, okay, these guys aren't paying out. And then you you're getting these big time tight end recruits that are hybrid tight end big slots. And they're not being used. Sal, there's no reason Sal Canella should not have at least 40 catches, 40 to 50 catches the last two years. And in two years, he's got three touchdowns <laughs> to show for it. And he shows you, hey, you throw it up, ain't nobody coming down with it but me. And he, uh, you know, they didn't use him. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of the old tight end, alumni tight ends, I mean, they – if you go follow them on Facebook, they they beat down the block about not using the tight end, not using the tight end, just not using the tight end. And I'm like, yeah. And then you see these guys, and you see, oh, yeah, you're getting a four-star. He can five-star some outlet uh, tight end. I'm like, uh, see how long he lasts. <laughs> now, <laughs> last question for you both before we call it a night. In about 12 hours, there's going to be a press conference with Nick Saban and um, a quarterback to a title Levailoa, and they're going to announce his <laughs> intentions. I had to struggle on that name. I'm from Wisconsin. There's not really that doesn't really happen up here too often. Um, Corey, to you first. Do you think Tua is going to stay at Alabama, or do you think that he will forego and go pro? Uh. Heart of hearts, I believe he's going to stay, and this is why, because he won't get a good showing. He wants to put on the best performance that he can as far as what he falls in the draft, and his hip will not allow him to do that as far as the timetable. Like, that's a quick turnaround. So he'll probably stay. Uh, I think he should go, though, honestly. Go to a team, you know, he would fall somewhere in the low first round, High second round, give him a year to actually get his hip back together, and he gets year up under somebody like say if he was to get drafted by the Saints or the Raiders, the Patriots, and he, he look, uh, not, if he goes to the Raiders, he got to play this year because <laughs> Derek Carr is horrible. He's trash. <laughs> Derek Carr is trash. I I have to write about them, so I watch every game. <laughs> Before I get Matt's answer, let me just kind of give you a, you know, like a quick synopsis on Derek Carr. It's fourth and goal at the one-yard line, right? Fourth and goal at the one. Fourth and goal. He goes back to pass. The a defense rolls their entire coverage to their left, which is his right. So there's about 10 yards of open land. What's the dumbest thing that a quarterback could do at that point? 
On fourth and, and goal. Fourth and goal, green grass. I'm running, but he probably would try knowing Derek Carr, double covered pass, tight window, back of the end zone. Threw it away. How do you throw the ball away on fourth and goal? They asked him why. Hey. They asked him why. Hey. He said the following. He said, and I quote, it wasn't there. I didn't want to turn the ball over, so I threw it away. Moron. <laughs> why not? Throw the ball away. Why not? Let little play the next down. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Like, he, like, I think if Tua goes pro, Las Vegas, formerly open, Las Vegas makes sense now because they can play car one more year, which I don't want, but they'll play car one, one more year while Tua gets right. Tua will be the future in Las Vegas. That's my thought. That would be a good fit. But I, I don't think he should go back to Alabama because, I mean, he ain't got nothing left to prove. In the left, you've won national championship. You've won. Go get that money. Now, Matt, to you, do you think Tua will stay at Alabama or do you think he'll go pro? Um, I think he's going to go pro. The reason I say that, he doesn't have – when I found out he didn't have an insurance policy, it, it, it makes sense for him to go pro. And I don't think that he um, – I don't think that if he still gets the grade he's getting mid-first round, what do you have left to prove? When they're still willing to take a, take a, a shot on you, and you hurt. I agree. Now, before we get out of here, I want to extend our well wishes to Blackhawks tailback Adonis McCaskey, who had eye surgery. He's he's going through it. Um, if you see him on Facebook, you see him whatever. Please extend your that thoughts to that man and his family. That he's a good dude and a good person. Keep a good thought from yeah, keeping your prayers. Keep him. Yeah, I've known Adonis for ten years. That's been my guy. Really hurt me. Um, second person I know that's had something going with that eye with uh, cancer that was involved in this league. So absolutely, give him a shout. Uh, a shout. Keep a good thought for him and keep a good thought for his family. I know that over this season, we will check in with Corey every couple of weeks to kind of get his thoughts because he brings opinion and he's gonna kind of let you know, you know, from a from a receiver's viewpoint what he sees and what he doesn't see. But I want to thank both Corey and Matt for joining us tonight, fellas. As always, a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, Matt, we'll see you next week. This has been another episode of Under the Helmet. Be good to each other and be good to yourselves. Good night.